Welcome to Get Rooted. A Mending Roots <laughs> Healing Center production. This is where we get real, get real messy, and get rooted in all things that heal us. I'm Nick, licensed clinical mental health counselor. I'm Megan, licensed clinical social worker. Megan, are you ready? Uh, not at all. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> up to bat is defining a hallway chat right so hallway chat is uh (laughs) (laughs) and we invited Allie here today with us because this one's scary and we don't really know how to talk about it do you mean to sit there and just Hold out hands for both of you and just give little squeezes when you're feeling nervous. Um, that would be amazing. Can you help me co-regulate? Absolutely. I'll do it. Um, mine's going to be too sweaty. Mine's going to be too sweaty. My hands are already sweaty. Um, <laughs> they never stop sweating from this morning. <laughs> so a hallway chat is this thing that happens... More specifically in this office than anywhere else I've ever worked, Mm. where we will be in the middle of a session or have a break and have these conversations that may start out in the hallway where we get really deep really quickly about things that I usually can't find people to talk to me about. Yes. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of magical. Um, and I think we wanted to share that with people who were interested. Like, what we talk about, what's on our minds. When somebody else does their work in front of you, mm. it inspires a bunch of personal processing that's mm-hmm. shared in the hallway. And there's often the experience that I have, which is I'm so grateful I'm privileged to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we can invite more people into it. It's very well put. Yeah. I, I think it was Moak I was talking to yesterday where there are conversations that happen And it's not necessarily about what's going on in like our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. It's more about helping us process and deepen our own growth and work very unintentionally. Mm -hmm. There's not a formula or a a formality to it. It's Mm -hmm. just what happens in healing places. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about hallway chats and I think is maybe um, like a core of what they are is that um, we are talking about deep and difficult things oftentimes, Mm -hmm. um, but there's always some levity to the situation and everyone is approaching it. it. It feels to me that everyone is approaching it like they've got something to learn from the people that they're talking with. And we get it wrong out loud together mm. and there's space to get it wrong out loud mm-hmm. together. So we're like verbally processing maybe some things that we've really thought about very deeply on our own or in communion with other folks. And then we're coming here and talking about it. And the, like 
it's okay that we don't have our like words exactly right. Or maybe there's a couple people with different perspectives and we're listening to each other's perspectives and maybe our perspective changes by the end of the conversation, but it's because the space is safe enough mm-hmm. that we're able to do that. And that's something that you don't get a lot of places, I think. Mm-mm. And like, we don't, ha- we don't have to show up to that conversation as experts. It's never expected. And I really love that piece of it because like, <laughs> who are we kidding? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's uh, enough room for imperfection, then my self-worth doesn't have to be so on the line. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that we noticed getting in the way of doing this podcast really quickly. Mm-hmm. Is that when we showed up and wanted to be perfect... stuff didn't sound as good. Like it was, it wasn't as engaging. It wasn't as it, whether that was us doing our intros or us doing, um, outros or the interviews. Mm-hmm. If we tried to be perfect, it wasn't, it wasn't as engaging. It wasn't as interesting. And it was serious but perfection feels safer because i'm curating how you're seeing me Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah right uh perfection is what i want to show and it's the last thing that you want to see you want to see my vulnerability i do i want to see all of your vulnerability (laughs) And that's the scariest thing to give. And it shows up when we laugh at ourselves, when we get things wrong, when we screw up something. But if I'm risking that, one thing I think we've talked about a lot, Nick, is like our stuff shows up and like our attachment styles and how we communicate with other people and being able to work through that has been <laughs> vomit inducing. <laughs> and like, as we started doing this, I was like, I feel sick. I want to go throw up right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, With an anxious avoidant attachment style, I want to wait until it feels fully safe mm. before I emerge mm. and there is no place like that on Apple iTunes podcasts. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like it will never feel safe to do this. Yeah. The, the biscuit's only going to be one if it, if there's risk involved. <laughs> you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Because it's about risk. It's about saying, I'm going to risk this and I'm going to be vulnerable and people aren't going to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vulnerability is uh, the risk associated uh, with the potential of being wounded. Mm. And those can happen at the same time. Right? There are going to be people that connect 
with us and what we have to say and what we're doing. And then there are going to be people that don't. Mm -hmm. I have a thought. Yeah. It is not fully formed. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Holly chat. Holly chat. Uh, sitting here listening to you talk about like the vulnerability piece and how that's something that we all desire from each other, but never want to be the first to like give out to the world just makes me think that we are doing the things that we don't want our clients to do. Like mm. how many of us have had clients struggling with perfectionism yeah. um, or shame or both because they usually come as a package deal <laughs> and we're sitting there like oh man i just want you to be your like weird wonderful um complex self like i want i want your like paradoxes and i want your contradictions and i want you to just be you because that's where we get the real work done but then even though we know better as therapists, we also are terrified of doing that out in the real world because we've all been burned before. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think what I'm trying to say is that yeah. hallway chats feel like a version, an ethical version of us taking care of each other therapeutically or taking care of each other or making space for each other and the way in which we may, we wished that the world made space for our clients and, and for us. Mm -hmm. There's something else there, but I'm going to pause for a second. We're like ants. We don't do big things on our own. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're yes. Yeah. I think that's a lot of it, right? Is I, I also know that vulnerability is not easy for everyone and not everyone has a space where they can be fully vulnerable because we live in a society with racism and sexism and all of the isms, right? That are realities. And it's a lot easier for me as a white woman to be vulnerable mm. than it is for other people. So acknowledging that and saying, okay, how do I create safe spaces? How do I make my office a safe place for my clients to be vulnerable? How do I give them the time to be vulnerable? Mm. Not expect it right away. Mm. Yeah. Typically the, um, the pathology or when a client calls him or herself crazy or dumb or this or that, or like it doesn't make sense or we use this term maladaptive. Mm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, often there are ways of protecting that have made sense and worked in the past imperfectly. Mm -hmm. So that they've worked and so for me to ask a client to, to change and take a risk without understanding how their shields work mm -hmm. and how they've served them in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would also write 
someone off if they told me to take a risk without understanding. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's why this, this particular conversation felt so important to me because I think that it's really easy to hear a podcast or hear um, someone talk in a public space and make assumptions about how easy it is. Mm. Um, and this has not been easy mm-hmm. at all. It's been worth it. It's been absolutely worth it. But I also know that there were certain elements in place that made that more possible. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always more easily said than done. Right. And we're, we're going to mess it up. We're going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick's got his air quotes out there for us. <laughs> for wrong. For wrong. It's an interpretation. Right? And uh, it, it's all language that we've been internalized. Wrong needs to be punished. I right needs to be rewarded. <sighs> mm. It's back to that CBT stuff. Which works in the like moralistic judgment world. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we pop ourselves out of that world, then other interventions can be sometimes more effective. And the messier it gets and the more genuine and authentic it gets, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all there for that for other people. And then when I'm asking myself to do the same thing, there's like this part of me that's like, oh, yeah, but no, I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't actually want to see that part of me. So it's that test of like, here, here I am in my like most authentic and messy and like not okay. Mm-hmm. And when we can be seen in that and loved in that, everything shifts. Mm-hmm. I know that there are numerous reasons or factors why people can't be vulnerable. Like you named some of them. Sometimes it is like quite truly not safe Mm -hmm. for people to do that. Um, depending on different factors of their identities or the environment that they're in or, um, yeah, all different kinds of things. When we are in a place like Mending Roots where we've cultivated an environment where it is encouraged for us to be mm-hmm. our full selves and we still have that like mm-hmm. um, desire to not, <laughs> but we want it for everyone else, but we don't want it for ourselves sure. or we're, we feel like we can't want it for ourselves. What do you think, what is the story that we're buying into there in that specific um, in that specific example, like what, what story are we buying into that? Like now that we have this safe place, we still don't think that we deserve it. We still don't think that we have anything to share or, you know, we can't get it wrong. Still, like, what are we buying into there? Do you think, uh, we all have an experience of someone saying this is safe and then being punished for being honest. Yeah. And so uh, we're taking in the cues over time Mm -hmm. of of safety. 
I, I, yes, it's that, um, and this is unformed, right? This is coming out a little messy, but there is this felt sense that we develop over time. Mm -hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. Like we've been in a lot of, I know I've been in a lot of situations where I've been told you're totally safe. This is a family. What do you need from us? And if I ever actually show emotion or show vulnerability, I'm immediately shut down. Immediately they're like, why are you overreacting? And that's their stuff. But for me, it's like, oh, can I really trust this? Can I really believe this? And that's why we don't get relationships perfect. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're learning how to be in relationship and security with those other people. And we don't know until we're vulnerable if it's safe or not. Oh. <laughs> been very helpful for humans to make models of understanding based on their past experience and bring it into mm-hmm. um, their current situation or make predictions about the future that's been very adaptive for us and so mm-hmm. for us to use our models from unsafe environments and bring them into safe environments makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. which essentially is what therapy is right therapy is 98% relationship and you're rehearsing how to be vulnerable with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Creating the experience yeah. of being held in vulnerability so that we know what to look for and find it mm-hmm. elsewhere in our lives. Mm-hmm. If I can experience this with my therapist, then I know I can experience it with my other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why we're doing this podcast because it's the thing that we're afraid to do. And when we do the thing that we're afraid to do, that's where really good stuff can happen. And I can think back over my life of times when I have stopped doing something because I've gotten maybe some negative feedback or some somebody didn't understand. And I want to do things differently now because I have different tools. I have a safer environment. I have more knowledge. I am safer with myself than I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. which doesn't make doing it any easier <laughs> like, it, 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 I thought it would it didn't I really thought it would it didn't it didn't make it any easier it just made it more rewarding but it didn't make it easier it's probably going to be a lot of uh, running metaphors on this podcast when I'm a guest <laughs> because that's what I do with my spare time what you said just made me think of um, 
like when I'm training for a big race and doing a lot of miles, I guess some people might say that it does get easier as you train, but also it doesn't like today, for example, I went for a long run and it was miserable. It was really freaking hard. It was rainy outside. I was exhausted. I've been so like worn out these past couple weeks. Um, I wasn't in like the best headspace when I started. Like those were hard miles. Like the first five were just like, oh, <laughs> there it is again. That word. Um, and so like I, I would argue that there are moments when like running does not get easier, for example. But like am I way more prepared to run 20 miles today than I was 10 years ago? Abso-freaking-lutely I am. Absolutely. Does that mean that all my runs are awesome and easy all the time? No. Most of the time they're still hard. (laughs) But do I have, like, way more um, mental toughness and appreciation of my body and the cool things that it can do and space for things Mm -hmm. to go wrong? Am I a little bit more flexible when I have to, you know – do something differently. Like, yeah, all of that is true. And also just like, I've been on the legs for a lot longer than I was 10 years ago. So I feel like we take that and then place it onto your, like, it doesn't get easier necessarily, but you are so much more prepared and capable and resilient. I know that that word is like a buzzword and also maybe a little bit problematic sometimes, but like Mm -hmm. in the truest sense, like that we can genuinely keep going in those hard moments and do it well yeah, or in a way that's um, healthy for us. Does that mm-hmm. track? Mm-hmm. And even if vulnerability isn't an option at certain points in our lives, it doesn't mean it won't ever be. Right? Like, keep looking, keep, keep going. And this is more for like, I'm pep talking myself right now. I was like, okay, yeah, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. Like, it was hard for me to come in here and do this today. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to feel when it airs. <laughs> but I, I'm, it's, it's exercising that muscle. It's doing the thing and it's, I, I'm, I know I'm feeling more connected. I know I'm feeling more supported. I know that I'm noticing positive changes in how I'm sleeping and how I'm like feeling and all of this stuff, even though it's really, really hard some days. Mm-hmm. We feel better when we do hard things and it feels really bad in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sometimes not, right? Sometimes it feels great. Sometimes, sometimes you are back to being your like four or five year old self and you're just out and like whipping your hair back and forth, if you will, uh, feeling free and alive. Like there are moments of that in running and I would argue in vulnerability, like it's scary, but like, I don't know. I love the conversations I have with (laughs) y'all. Like sometimes there are moments where I feel a little bit more like than others, but like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to feel bad or hard. Even when it is hard, it doesn't always feel that way. 
right? Would you disagree? Oh, no, I would 100% agree. Nick is nodding his head, and I want to hear what he has to say so badly. It's like intermittent. You have to get through the tough <clears throat> times to get to those times. Yeah. And then there'll be more tough times. Congratulations. <laughs> you have made it to the end of the podcast. If you made it this far, you probably like us. Or you were just distracted while you were listening to the episode. Either way, we're really glad you made it. If it's the latter, don't share this with anybody. <laughs> if it's the former, give us a shout out. You to know, a- like us, subscribe. What else do you do to a podcast? I'm confused. Send it to a close friend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're really grateful and glad you're here. And uh, we're, we'll see you next time. Well, see you later. With the intention that we're not really starting out. <laughs> I know how this works. We're perfecting our process as we go along. I was I was wondering if uh, if Crystal was gonna feel some sort of way because I did include at the end of her episode like what she said after we're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I loved that, and that is something that we should keep in, like the outtake that you were gonna keep. Recording, so uh-huh. it's not like we were not aware. Right, right. And I did. I was like, Crystal, do you want to hear it before it gets published? She's like, no. I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. Don't let me listen. I will not let you do it.